Hello and welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or you want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Power as well as guest speakers will bring messages that are sure to help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive or for those who are comfortable, join us for our in-person services in the upper room of the Lockport, Illinois Moose Lodge Sundays at 10 on 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect and how to give, visit us at the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good morning, Thrive! How are you today? Good, good. Man, so glad to be here. Full house this morning. Praise God for that. Hey, Pastor, I, I have like the worst projection. I, uh, I always think, well, I don't know, you know, it could be down this week. I was wrong, thankfully. Um, and uh, so, so excited you're here today. It's going to be a great day. We are doing something different. So we're in Shuffle Playlist series. What does that mean? It means every week is going to be a different message, a different song, a different sermon. Uh, and, and instead of following one series for a few weeks till through Mother's Day, uh, it's going to be, uh, we're mixing it up. So this week, we're going to do a panel discussion. We haven't done one of these in a long time. And, uh, and we just have like a series of questions that we're going to kind of ask that we, a few questions about just walking a spirit-led life. What does that look like? And, and, and so what I'm going to do, I'm going to hand it off. They're going to tell you who they are, but these are, these are all people in our church, leaders in our church, uh, friends, uh, hopefully. And, uh, <laughs> and um, so we're going to start with a question. If you don't know who I am, I'm Pastor Brian. I'm the pastor here. And uh, I also have a beautiful baby bump. And um, <laughs> thank you. And, and, and uh, we started Thrive four and a half, going on five years this fall. Um, in September, we will celebrate. Yeah, we will celebrate five years. Wherever we are, we are going to have a giant celebration. And yeah, expect it, expect it. So um, more jump houses than the eyes can see. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge and, uh, hopefully you can come. So, uh, so that's who I am. I'm going to moderate mostly today. I, I may answer here and there, uh, but we're going to ask these questions. If you, you can feel free to text me if you want to, if you're, if you have like a follow-up question, if you have my number, if you don't, uh, I'm sorry, too bad. So, um, you're just not that important. No, I'm kidding. Um, we just don't have it on the screen. Um, but so the question, the first question I'm going to ask is on the panel. We're just, we're just going to go down the line is who are you? How did you come to thrive? And what do you love about thrive church? You have to go first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a so. Okay. So hi everyone. My name is Jimena Jensen and who I am. So I was born and raised in Ecuador. I moved here to the States when I was 20. 26, I don't know. I was old enough for me to be able to be a stock with a thick accent for the rest of my life. <laughs> so <laughs> by now you should probably should figure out that English is not my first language. And I moved here because uh, my family was struggling financially and I felt that, uh, that I needed to help them to do something. So I moved here to the States and it was a very difficult um, choice for me. Um, 
And during this difficult, because I was, I came here by myself, I didn't have a plan, I just had the desire to help my family. And I started working and doing all things, but I felt that I was going down in a deep hole of depression. I didn't have a good support system, and in that circumstances is how I came to the Lord. And then uh, for the first, I want to say, well, I was jumping all over the place with different churches. I was just like... Um, the first church that I started going to, it was the Chicago Tabernacle that uh, Jesse and LaDonna just went. It was um, Assembly of God, and it was the first time that I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and it was beautiful. And after that, for different circumstances, I just moved and went to different places. And I always felt that there was more about God, and I always felt that there must be something else and there's missing in the different churches that I was and I that I was attending and I started praying and I said, Father, I wanna find a place where I can thrive. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and, and so that's one, I, I, I have known LaDonna La for a while, and she told me that she was coming to this church, she invited me, and I came, and I prayed, and I just felt that this was the place where the Lord wanted us to be during this season of our life. So, ta-da! And, <laughs> and so currently, I'm leading like a prayer um, every morning with, the, with some of the girls. We have been doing that for eight months now. It started just with a 21 days of prayer and fasting, but we decided that uh, we saw the, the need to continue, and it has a beautiful experience. And I'm also helping Angela and Jean, leading with some of the staff regarding women's ministry. Mm -hmm. I'm Howie Hansen, and I've been with Thrive now since the very beginning, when we were meeting in Pastor Brian's house. And the reason that I decided to come to Thrive was because I wanted to um, help usher in the next generation of Christian leaders. I feel that it's real important, just like, like I've been involved in Royal Rangers for like 40 years, and we have to have other leaders step up and take over for the people that are getting older like myself. And that's what we need in the church. If you don't have youth, your church is going to die. You know, and it's important that all these youth and then you have the 20 year olds, the 30 year olds. It's my goal to see others on the board. I don't I don't ever plan on being on the board again because we we, we have some really sharp people here, you know, and, and and that's what I want to see. These other young men and women step up and be, you know, on the leadership council. Um, what I like about Thrive is. From, from the beginning, I've seen so many people growing, not, not just the church growing, but people growing individually. And uh, I see, I'm seeing people step up now and take leadership roles in doing small groups and all the different ministries that are here. And what I really like, what I'm seeing is Thrive Church has been an outreach. And they don't just keep it inside the four walls. I don't know if you guys know... Um, the church in Humboldt Park, Choco, Pastor Choco. New life. New life. 10,000 people. And a friend of mine, they had have Royal Rangers there, and I asked him, I go, how do you guys do it? 10,000 people. And he goes, we take it outside the four walls of the church. Mm, yeah, that's good. And, and, and people aren't just going to come walking in. You and we don't to... have walls. So. <laughs> that's true. And we did have tent. And we yeah. had no walls yeah. in the tent. We have drapes. That's... 
But, but that's, that's what I'd like to do. And I see all the different ministries, how they're in parades and they're bringing, you know, floats. And, you know, it was just so cool to see all the different things that have taken place here from the beginning. Yeah. So it's... Alan had a follow-up question of how old are you really? So you don't, you don't have to answer that. Jesse. Um, I'm Jesse Salt. Uh, for those of you who don't... Hi, Nate. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. Um, oh, hi, Rosie. Um, I'm Jesse Salt. If you don't know me, I'm the youth leader here. I'm the youth uh, coordinator, I guess would be the role. Um, and as far as myself, who I am, I was raised in a Christian family. And around college age, I kind of fell away a bit, uh, as a lot of people do. And after college, I continued to stay on that path for a long time. And then I just started remembering everything that kept happening to me before I left the church when I hit the lowest spot possible. And I was like, wait a minute, none of this happened when I was in community with uh, Christians, when I was with mm-hmm. other, when I was with the body of Christ. And I never, I never said I don't believe in Jesus. I just neglected community. And I decided to come back to church about probably six or five years ago now. I've, I've been going steadfastly to, uh, I went to my old church for a while and um, got baptized because I realized I never actually got baptized. <laughs> and Shortly after that, I was invited to work with the youth ministry at that church. And I was like, well, I was told when I was 14, I'm either going to be a felon, a salesman, or a youth pastor. Mm. At the time, I was already the salesman. I was like, well, might as well go two for three. So I went into youth ministry and uh, helped out there for a while. And shortly after that, I met this person who you've already heard the name of, LaDonna. She's a promoter, if you don't know. Um, we have something in common. Yes. Um, I met LaDonna through, uh, acting with a friend of mine and, um, well, we, we started hanging out after a while and she invited me to come to thrive every now and then. And when the shutdown happened, the church that I was at decided that they were going to close their doors and they had no plan to reopen them for a while. And I was missing community. So he stayed open. We did. I followed community. So uh, something I love about Thrive is that fact that we have decided to remain open and can continue to meet as if the world isn't. Yeah. We, uh, for those of you who are new, just um, uh, we, we offer, we offer the online option and things like that for those, uh, for those who they, they need the caution, they need to, they want to be a part of community, but they, they don't feel comfortable in the gathering and that's okay. Uh, but we also just felt like when the world is hurting and broken, the world needs the church, and we need the gathering. Um, and uh, it's not confined to those. It's not confined to the gathering, but the gathering is absolutely part of it. They're not mutually exclusive. So, Hi, I'm Riker Zalameta. I have the privilege of leading uh, worship uh, for Thrive. Been doing it now since the beginning. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Pastor Brian and I have known each other for, what, almost a decade now? Almost. He met me when I was a youngin' in college, um, kind of basically apprenticed under him when he was serving uh, as a worship pastor. So I, I learned all that I know from him. All the good things are from him. All the bad things yeah. are also from him. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, how I got to thrive kind of 
It's one of those God things. Um, graduating Bible college, I wasn't sure exactly where I was going to go. A couple of opportunities were opening up, but I didn't feel at peace um, with it. And a couple of other doors lined up for me, and it was very clear that God was leading me to, to thrive. And at that, at that point, Pastor Brian had already planted some some seeds in my mind about, you know, serving as, as worship uh, leader here with Thrive. Um, so God really opened up the way. And, and that's one of the things that I really love about this community uh, is that God's presence, God's leading is so evident. Um, and people listen. Um, people give of their time, their finances, their talents. Sometimes they develop talents because God stretches them into that position, mm-hmm. um, especially with our worship team. Man, I could not have imagined the worship team would have grown to to the team that we have today. It was um, many Sundays, it was me, Chase, and Riker. For a that's good couple months, that was the three a of us. A long time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. So that's our panel, if you don't know them. So uh, first question uh, I want to ask is, what do you believe your spiritual gift is or are, spiritual gifts are? We, there, we distinguish between... We believe everything that we have is a gift from the Lord. If, you're, if you have good business acumen, that can be a gift from the Lord, but it's apart from a spiritual gift. So spiritual gifts are talked about in 1 Corinthians uh, and other places and Acts and in the New Testament. What do you think your spiritual gifts are? How do you operate in it? What wisdom would you give with that gift or not? Go. <laughs> oh, I'm going to, okay. Um, probably... Um, gift of discernment um, for me um, that's just been proven over a couple of years just and what is that gift yeah discernment so basically distinguishing what is true from what is false Um, distinguishing between what is biblical and what is unbiblical what is theologically sound and unsound Um, part of that is uh, you know just diving deeply into the word of god but um but yeah also i i think the uh Others have told me as well that the that there's some clarity there that that I think maybe I see more evidently or more easily than others, not in terms of levels, but um, but that leads to the gift of teaching, which is um, also one of the things that people have said that have kind of confirmed in me. Um, and those things go hand in hand. I think you can't have discernment and keep it to yourself. Right, um, your gifts are there to serve the body of Christ, and I think that's where um, people have seen me fit in, and, and I've seen that confirmed as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. All right. Um, for spiritual gifts, um, I've I've never seen just one specifically. So, like some people have been given a gift of prophecy, and they use it a lot. Um, I've I've spoken a couple prophetic words, but only maybe once or twice. Um, discernment's actually one that I have been told I've been given, um, and it's something that I've been using with the with the youth. Um, if you don't know, you basically have to keep asking the youth the same question until you get the right answer, <laughs> and you have to know when the right answer actually comes. So at the youth conference we were at, I, I listened to this guy, James, and he was like, it's the rule of thirds. I at least have to ask you three times before I know a 14-year-old told me the truth. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, I, I've had to do that. And sometimes I've had to ask five or six times. So, um, but knowing when to discern, 
I've gotten the whole story from someone so that I know how I can best help them is something that God has given me the gift in, um, which also, again, leads to teaching, which teaching in the youth um, is something I've been told I've had as well. And a, I don't know if you call it a spiritual gift or what. Uh, hospitality is also something I'm pretty good at. I like throwing some pretty good parties, getting everybody involved and making sure they've got... Nate knows, um, but making sure everybody's... Yeah, Rosie definitely knows. And every now and then she's like, I wanted a nap on Sunday afternoon. I was like, nah, you can't nap in my house. So, um, but wanting to make sure everyone gets involved and has a good time. So, um, commuting with others. Awesome. You can nap at my house on Sunday afternoons. I'm going to Howie's. <laughs> um, I started praying with a pastor in a church I was going to. And five o'clock in the morning, getting out of bed and praying changed my life. Instead of going to the couch, praying or just laying in bed or praying on your way to work. Oh, I had a busy morning. I think I'll just pray on the way to work. But it really drew me close to the Lord. And as I was praying, I said to the Lord one day, I said, you know, Lord, you know, I really don't understand all this about spiritual gifts. You know, if you would want me to have one, I would, you know, I don't know anything really like, you know, what would fit my life, you know? And it says, if, if you want me to have one of your spiritual gifts, I would like that. And I never realized, but as I was praying, this went on for months, I had a vision. Um, and there had been some, I want to be careful, not to use anybody's name or church or anything like that, but um, I had a vision of a ship. And this ship had its motor running, but it was not, the rudder wasn't working. And the Lord spoke to me and said that it was a certain church. And I, and I just kind of... I'm doing go. the best I can, Howie. Man! <laughs> I'm just kidding, go ahead. And, and I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do with this, you know? And so anyway, I had a conversation with uh, the assistant superintendent. Mm-hmm of the AG pertaining to some other issues. And we started talking about the church, this church. And I told him about my vision and he goes, you know, you have the gift of prophecy. And I'm going, what? You know, I was like, wow. Now I've only had one other vision since then, you know, and it was about a different church. It was kind of strange, you know, but I had to, what, like, what is it? I mean, prophecy isn't like necessarily foretelling what's going to happen. You know, but it's it's calling you out, and 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 you know, like the prophets weren't like very popular, you know, like you know, and and I thought, wow, but that's my, you know, I I guess that's my spiritual gift, mm. and you know, and and it happens when you're really drawn close to the Lord, is when I've had these visions, you know, when when I'm praying at five and six in the morning getting out of bed and doing that. Mm. Amanda? Yeah. Um, well, I think that the obvious one will be intercession. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> for sure. And I, as I mentioned before, I, uh, when I came to the Lord, I was struggling with a lot of emotional 
teens, I was struggling with deep depression, anxiety disorders, so, and I didn't have access to uh, treatment, or I was afraid to go see a psychologist, a therapist, and I, the Lord placed in my life a sweet old lady who told me, you are going through a spiritual warfare, the devil doesn't want you to be free in your mind, and I need to teach you how to pray. Will you trust me? And I'm like, sure, I'm dying. Please help me. And then so she just taught me how to pray. And uh, mm. and I was doing nothing else. I was not seeing a therapist, a counselor. The only thing that I was doing is praying. And I realized that little by little I was experiencing more peace, that I was not feeling so anxious. So I'm like, wow, out there someone is listening to what I'm asking. And so since then I have not, mm. there has been times in my life where I have not been so faithful or the passion has not been there but i since i became a christian i don't remember a long season in my life where i have not been in his presence asking him and not only that but like um i didn't even know that that was part of the give of intercession when i just got saved i made a list of uh, people that i knew that were also struggling with depression and anxiety and for years i prayed for them mm -hmm. and that was part of my give like now i found myself every time that i praying you know, at the beginning, it's kind of selfish, but now it's like every time I'm praying, I'm praying for Michelle, I'm praying for Lisa, I'm praying for uh, Thrive. It's just that con it's not only praying for me, but I just have a burden to pray for others. Mm -hmm. And I also have, it's probably a combination between the give of prophecy and discernment. And I, the way that I will explain this is like, I have an internal knowing on, of things that are about to happen. That doesn't necessarily mean I know what is going to happen. For example, in 2019, the Lord told me, you need to prepare. You need to pray for endurance, and you need to pray for the body of Christ to, to be able to endure what is ahead. Mm -hmm. And you remember that in 2020, everybody was excited about 2020. I wasn't excited. <laughs> and and I, I kept telling to myself, is either I heard wrong from the Lord, or like something is wrong with my discernment, but I had in my spirit the knowing that, something big was about to happen. I was wondering if it was related to the election or things like, I just knew. And then 2020 came and we know what happened. In the same time, like um, two months before my husband had a terrible uh, motorcycle accident, I just had a knowing in my spirit that he was in danger. And I started praying and interceding for him. And I say this with humility, I think that God spurred his life because he was covering a lot of prayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. So, and I would also say that that's words of knowledge. Lord is speaking something. And so the spiritual gifts are basically, it's an exterior or interior, depending on where the Holy Spirit dwells in our life, a knowledge and a knowing, a prompting, whatever, something we couldn't know in the natural. And for those who are, for those who are like, well, I believe in Jesus and all that, but this is weird. What I would tell you is, well, first time out. Um, you say you believe in Jesus. So you believe God incarnate, who is outside of time, space, and creator of all things, packed himself into a baby, was born of, a, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, and then raised the dead, raised himself from the dead, uh, and then ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit down. What you believe is weirder than what we just talked about. <laughs> way weirder so you either believe that's true and then from there and it's only weird because we're used to the natural and what we just see but we also know there's more than what we see and then the bible begins to unpack first corinthians 14 1 says earnestly desire the spiritual gifts you should want it if you're like no i don't want it well then you're you're disobeying scripture 
That's not me you're pushing off. It's not, it's not a type of church you're pushing off. It's the Spirit of God. Is there, is there really parts of the Spirit of God where you're like, nah, stay back? No. Now, that being said, I like what Robert Morris says, uh, Pastor Robert Morris. He said, if somebody got weird after they got the Holy Spirit, they were weird before. <laughs> the Holy Spirit doesn't make you weird. The Holy Spirit empowers you. Uh, and every believer has the Holy Spirit indwelling. We're talking about a spirit baptism and gifts that dwell upon your life. Not within your life, but upon your life. So one helps lead and guide you. One empowers you for ministry. And that's what we're talking about. Um, so upon that, that spirit within, how does God speak to you? Like, how do you know it's God's voice? Is it my turn to start? Anybody. Yeah. Round robin. Um, so how do I, I think the question is, how do you, hear how do you hear God? God's how voice? You know his voice? Yeah. How does it play out in your life? So, um, I drive a lot for a living about 35 ish thousand miles a year, which is about a lot more than average. Um, and I've noticed, uh, if God is wanting to talk to me, he, he says pretty clearly it's time to turn the music off and drive in silence so I can talk to you. Um, I've found when I hear God clearest is literally when I've got an hour drive ahead of me and all noise is shut off except for just driving on the highway. And um, he'll just talk to me right then and there while I'm allowing him the room to speak. And the way I know it's him is he then confirms it about three or four times through other things I see outside of the car on my journey. Um <clears throat> Uh, there was this one time I just remember driving home and getting that prompting. And I was just like, there's something stirring in me. I need to know what's going on. And he was revealing to me that my then pastor was going through some issues with his cars. And he had said something on stage like a week earlier um, about one of his cars. And I was like, I feel like there's a lot more going on there. And as I'm driving by, I look up and I see a billboard advertising a car about, like, as I turn a corner, I'm like, huh, I haven't seen that before. And I saw the price on it. I was like, okay, that's something that at the time I could afford to do. It's like, there's a number, there's a car, and he's telling me cars, plural. And I was like, well, there's one car, that's a problem. <laughs> um, I then go up to my pastor, um, or I went home and I talked to my mom about it, and she's like, oh, he called me saying another one of his cars had an issue. It's like, okay, that's two. And then I go talk to him on Sunday, and there was a third car having an issue. So like, okay. And I just prayed about it and prayed about it, and God put that number on my heart that I could afford it, and I could help him out. So I find when I allow God to speak, and then I say, okay, prove it, he will prove it. So through a lot of confirmation. Hmm. Anyone else? When you could go, give, God, give God time in your life, and it's not always just praying, it's just having a quiet time and listen. Yeah. Give God an opportunity to speak to you. Um, praying in the morning early, you, you know, you, I was praying with a, a friend. For a couple of years, we met every day at 6 o'clock, and we'd pray, then we'd read our Bible, and then I would journal we did this all separately. It wasn't, we weren't together. And uh, I would journal, and God would 
speak to me in my thoughts in reading his word. And, and there's other times that sometimes, like you're just like waiting for an answer, but God is just directing your path. I've had that happen. And, I, and then when something happens, I'm going, wow, Lord, is, is, are you showing me that this is what I should be doing? You know, it's like he has to knock me upside the head and say, hey, this is, this is what I'm showing you, you know. Mm. And later on in life, you, you look back and you say, yeah, that's what God was doing. He was, he was actually directing me at the time. And I, I, wasn't, I didn't even realize it, you know, be praying for a job, me and my wife. Lord, what do you want me to do? But my, my prayer was, Lord, show me what you want me to do because I know I will be content if I'm doing what you want. And, mm. and it really goes back to Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. You know, God will, will show you. You just yeah. have to listen. That's good. That's good. Anybody else, sir? You want to go? go ahead, man. I, I think that, um, you know, as, as how we said, I think that um, in my thoughts and scriptures is the main way that he speaks to me. But he also uses circumstances and people to speak into my heart. Like um, some of the things that he has been really healing my heart from is like there has been a lot of rejection in my heart. And I will always felt that I had a hard time grasping the love of him as a father. And for a really long time, I have been praying, Father, reveal yourself as a father, as a loving father to me. I know you as a Lord. As, I know you as a savior, as a healer. But I don't think that um, I have that knowledge in my, that revelation in my heart that you love me as a daughter. And just by different circumstances, I have people coming and telling me, um, praying over me and telling me, I just want you to know that the the Lord tells me that he leaves the 99 and goes after you. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, I already know that Mm -hmm. story, but what are you trying to make? What what point? And he wanted me to know that I was loved. And recently, I just want to share a little story. But the day on um, three Sundays ago when it was the Baptist weekend, um, you know, we were all like, it was so beautiful. We were all mo- mo- moved by what was taking place. I don't think that there was a dry eye in the whole place. And, uh, you know, it was almost the end of this, the, the baptism. And I was just holding my baby. I was with Lisa and my sister. And suddenly I saw Daniela standing up and running toward the bathroom. And I saw the distress. I saw the pain in her face. And I was like, what's going on? And I, I didn't think it twice. I immediately gave my baby to my sister and I ran after her. And when I walked into the bathroom, she just immediately wanted to get in one of the slots and close the door. And I just pushed the door and I said, what's wrong? <laughs> and she will not say anything. And by that time, like, Daniela didn't know about me. She didn't know my name. Probably she saw me a couple of times, but she didn't. We ha- never had a real interaction. And I was like, kid, what's wrong? Why are you crying? Please tell me, how can I help you? And she kept quiet. And then I'm like, do you want to get baptized? And then she goes and starts crying and she's, it's too late for me. I'm like, no, it's not. And I grabbed her hand and I was running and I was like going to scream from the back of the, of the uh, room and say, wait, we have one more. And, you know, and, and then so I came in and there was still a little girl getting baptized. So we had time and it was very, I, I thought that it, it was like the cherry on top of the cake, her baptism. It was very moving. It was beautiful. But mm-hmm. later 
That day I was reflecting in my home and I was just thanking God for everything that we experienced. And I felt that the Lord told me, do you get it now? I'm like, what? Do you get my love for you? I'm like, what are you talking about? And he told me, just as you run after her, I have been running after you. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And I need it. And not only that, but Daniela doesn't know this part. I think that three months ago, I walk into the restroom again, and Daniela was there, and it was, I think that it was LaDonna, and Lauren was holding her. And I heard her crying, and it was the kind of cry that you know she was in deep pain. And she was sobbing, and I didn't want to interrupt, I didn't want to ask, I just like walk out of the bathroom, and I say, Father, I recognize that kind of pain, I don't know what's going on in her life, but he just laid that burden in my heart to start praying for her. Mm. I didn't know anything that was going on, but I started praying for her. And that Sunday after baptism, the Lord says, like, in the same way you have been praying for her, even her without knowing that she was already in your heart, you have been in my heart for even before you came to me. I was already mm. planning, thinking, loving you. So that's the way he talks to me. He allows me to go through different circumstances, so he makes his true clear in my heart. Amen. That's good. Um, we uh, and and one of the ways you know it's God is you can confirm it in first. Jesse said, you know, and others have said, there's confirmations, there's things that come along, they're like, hey, that, that's the Lord, there's, this keeps coming up, but also, the main way is, it's, it's, it's in the word, it's biblically based, the Lord would say, I pursue you, right, the Lord would say, I come after you, we see that in the word, who's pursuing who, he's pursuing us, and, and that's when you know, so, a lot of times, it's an unction, sometimes a feeling, Sometimes, uh, as, as anybody here, it's happened to me one, only one time in my life. Has anybody here ever heard God audibly, like in their ear? No. So it's happened to me once. It happened to you once, Jesse? Um, once, and it was one word for me, literally. Um, and, and it was a beginning of a shift in my life. I won't bore you with the story right now, because I don't want to be the one who's talking today, but I think I've shared it before anyway. Um, but uh, I'll, come to me after, I'll tell you the story, but... Uh, most of the time, that's not how God speaks. Um, why? Why not? I don't know. Because he gave us his word, mostly. But then not only that, spiritual gifts. So he wants us to follow the spirit. And to live a spirit of life is not to follow just our normal, natural five senses. It's to follow that. <laughs> There's a better way to say this, but the sixth sense. You know? <laughs> but but, uh, but that six, that's the spirit of God. And that's the truest. It's more true. It's more real than our, you know, what we can smell, see, taste, and touch, you know. Um, all right. So this is a question somebody asked online this week. I posted, there's a few of you posted questions, and I wanted, to, I wanted to ask a few of those. So one is, why does church, big C, not thrive, but the big C, seem to struggle with laying itself down for others? Seem to struggle with the big C uh, evangelical church, why do we seem to not be good at saying, I'm going to lay me down for them? I'll go. Um, I think it goes back to, back to Genesis. Um, what we see in Genesis with Adam and Eve is a, is a wrestling of power away from God. Right? He created them in his image gave them all these different fruits to, to eat from, but he said, from this tree, you won't eat. And the serpent came and 
kind of planted doubt in that. Did God 